Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Our podcasts are made possible in part by corporate sponsor, Store My Team. Yeah, thank you. Is this your first podcast? Yes. Very exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I mean, again, and I think as I mentioned to you earlier, like a lot of our podcasting, like it's just a conversation. In this episode, I'm pleased to be speaking with Janine Gillardi. Janine works with clients to improve their emotional and physical well-being with health and wellness coaching and Reiki. She believes that health and wellness is a lifetime. It is not just a moment in time. It is in the practice, whether it's practicing new lifestyle behaviors or daily Reiki practice that creates lasting change. Her mission is to support her clients in transforming their lives through a combination of healthy diet. Food is the gateway to good health and a healthy lifestyle. Janine provides coaching, consultation, classes, workshops, and training to support health and wellness and well-being. Her specialties include weight loss and weight control, healthy lifestyle, stress reduction, healthy cooking, lifestyle medicine coaching, culinary coaching, and Reiki. Welcome to the conversation. So I'm a registered nurse, and um, after I got my BSN, I was very much interested in holistic nursing, and I was very naive, and I thought there would be a job, ask, you know, holistic nurse wanted. That's not the case. It's much more of an approach to nursing care. So I was looking for ways to combine nursing with more of a lifestyle approach. So I had my own health issues that basically I was able to solve using primarily food. And I thought, gosh, you know, if it worked for me, I get very excited. Yes. <laughs> so I thought, geez, if this worked for me, and it's, to me it seemed like this is a no-brainer. Exercise, nutrition, mindset, it all makes a difference. And, of course, working as a nurse in a hospital, it was very disappointing to me to see so many people coming in and leaving on boatloads of medication, and also being told this is what you need to do like i had i literally saw one he was a surgeon telling one of his patients like you cannot eat that food yeah you need to stop you need to like change your diet you're gonna die and i'm thinking to myself wow that's not helpful but that's unfortunately an approach that many do take so I thought there's got to be a better way. And I found um, Well Coaches, and they are a certification school. So I got certified as a health and wellness coach. And I already had some coaching background because I had been helping people quit smoking. Um, so it was like tobacco treatment specialist. Sure. So a lot of the same ideas. So I did that. And then kind of things progressed, and I found uh, lifestyle medicine coaching. And then recently, I got certified as a culinary medicine coach. So I'm kind of combining that with my nursing expertise, and I'm working at Dana-Farber as a lifestyle weight loss coach 
on the breast cancer weight loss study. So oh, wow. that's kind of what brought me to the breast cancer world. Okay. Yes, in a nutshell. Is this like behavioral changes or how do you approach this practice? Yes, so that is that is a perfect question because most people, it's kind of equated to the New Year's resolution, right? We're all familiar with that. I would assume, you know, come January, I am going to, you know, go on a diet and I'm going to get to the gym and statistically that fizzles out by February, mm-hmm. usually by Valentine's Day that fizzles out. So yes, a lot of this is, and I can tell you, most people will tell me, I know what I need to do, right? We, we read the newspaper, we have the internet, we have common sense, but it's how do I do it in a sustainable way? So yes, the key to that is between our ears. Right. <laughs> so it's mindset. And it's a lot of it is behaviors and habit change. So yes, with the smoking cessation, a lot of it was how do I shift my behaviors? Can I, you know, how do I substitute, you know, one behavior for a healthier behavior? It's a lot of motivational interviewing, understanding why somebody is engaging in a certain behavior. Is it serving them? Is it important for you to change? Are you confident you can change? So there's this groundwork that has to happen before I believe anybody's gonna be successful in a sustainable way. Excellent. Yeah. Wow, it sounds like a lot of work. And like coming together and coming to terms with the person that's reaching out and wanting to make a change in their life. Yes. Uh, Again, and I think the issue becomes an Again, I see this often with the with a mindset, and this is more of a Western medicine approach to what we consider healthcare. Is I'm going to give you a pill, mm-hmm. and that's going to solve your problems. So you don't have to do anything, but just take your medicine. Right. But meanwhile, if the person's still engaging in the same behaviors, we're not getting to the root cause of the problem, and that's where kind of the juice is. Because mm-hmm. unless you're identifying what got you to where you are, like a pill for the ills just doesn't cut it. Right. And most of most of us don't want to do the hard work, right? Exactly. We want the quick fix. We want. I cannot tell you how many people I talk to where I, I can give them a very reasonable, sustainable plan when it comes to healthy eating. Because most of the people I talk to, it's it's weight loss. Weight loss is one of the contributing factors. Again, research shows 5% weight loss um, can help with most disease processes, including uh, breast cancer recurrence. 5%, it can be impactful. So I can give people the, the groundwork for how to do that in a sustainable, sane way. And invariably, somebody will come back to me and they'll be like, okay, what do you think about intermittent fasting? What do you think about keto? What do you think about paleo? And I, uh, I have to kind of bite my tongue because like, you can do it and I'll support you. Like, I'll support you. Whatever you think is going to work for you. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, can you start making one change? It, again, it brings me back yeah. to like the New Year's resolution. Right? Like, is it is it feasible for you to like not eat candy ever again? If you think that's feasible, then I'll help you do it. 
but usually that's what leads to kind of these relapses and people feeling guilty and shameful because oh I couldn't do it well no you can't right right so like they're realistic components of these these lifestyle changes yes so that's really interesting and I know weight loss and you know weight gain actually is quite common in the breast cancer community I can I know I have these conversations all the time on our like Facebook groups oh. and then emails of so you're going through chemotherapy and you're given all these steroids and you kind of bring on extra weight um, kind of plump up in my opinion yeah. and like myself included I gained a lot of weight um, during my treatment I'm still working to shed those extra pounds and you know William can attest to some of this it's not going down it just Mm -hmm. I wake up every morning and there's you know an extra pound an extra two pounds an extra three pounds and I don't know if it's the hormonal therapies that I'm on right now or if it's being thrown what I like to say as being thrown through menopause I don't think I actually like hit menopause yet but you know just medically induced um reducing the estrogen levels in my body so it's a lot of change happening all at once Mm -hmm. not to mention just the physical changes of going through breast cancer surgery and treatment but now that I'm past the active treatment phase what is the sustainability of just like your mental health after a medical trauma such Mm -hmm. as breast cancer and then figuring out okay now that I'm back to work and the hair is back and I'm starting to get my life back together why am I still out of breath so much? Why do I not have the endurance that I used to have? Right. And it's really hard to talk yourself out of this like downward spiral of, it's hard to do yoga because my joints hurt, yeah. or I can't run a marathon, I mean, not even a marathon, I can't um, you know, run a 5K, for yes. example, without huffing and puffing. And so can you speak to when you, maybe even in your own practice um, or experience, at Dana-Farber working with the breast cancer community and what tips would you share with them as they're kind of transitioning into this new chapter? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is compassion. Mm. You know, it's not even so much prescribing like what somebody needs to do or should be doing, but, you know, I think it's very important, especially when there's been a shift in, in what we... It's almost like that comparison like well I should be able to do this because I could do it before and that might not be the case so I always like to interject you know try to be kind to yourself try to be compassionate and kind of meet yourself where you are because again there's this constant battle right like ugh, I, I was able to do this and now I can't and those feel those feelings can get in the way so so you know my my first instinct is to always um kind of reflect like can you just accept Mm -hmm. things the way they are because that's where you need to start and then in addition to that is trying to figure out what's going to work for the individual Mm -hmm. so yes i hear a lot of of women their joints ache they get up in the morning and getting out of bed you know it's like there's not even a a moment of relief right Right. so um some of the things and it's kind of counterintuitive because we always say you know exercise helps but you but you have to start yes right Mm -hmm. and it's very hard when it's like oh my body aches so 
So there are certain things that women can yeah. do that may help with that. I'm a big fan if somebody can actually get in the water and do kind of these non-weight-bearing exercises in the water. Um, very easy on the joints. So it's that's so great that you just said that. Yeah. I was actually talking to William. I'm like, I need to get back in the pool. Ah, there I, you go. Um, loved previously, like pre-diagnosis. I loved yoga. I practiced pretty religiously. Yeah. I was really great at it. I felt strong. I felt confident. Mm-hmm. I was able to like meditate and take in all of the benefits from yoga. And to this day, I feel like I'm one of those extreme, extreme extremists, right? Where if going to a yoga class hurts my joints and then it reminds me that I had breast cancer and then I get you know this downward rabbit hole of I can't do this anymore so I have just stopped doing yoga and just hearing what you were saying about the candy example I'm like wait why does it have to be (laughs) yes or no one or the other yes why can't I just go and maybe it's not the you know very intense vinyasa yoga practice that Mm -hmm. I used to do in heated rooms but maybe it's more of like a meditative different type of practice that I can enjoy absolutely so it's again trying to find this non-extreme like moderation of right being active what is a sustainable like life habit changing that i can engage in and william who's an avid swimmer was like how about you just get in the pool and do some of this passive resistance and yeah. you know exercise that's really going to help your heart with lymphedema with all sorts Absolutely. of kind of the aftermath of breast cancer yes yes so we we call that all or nothing thinking <laughs> <laughs> yes okay right? raising my hand yes. that's totally Where, me <laughs> a lot of us it's like it's got to be all like I've got to do it or like if I don't get the to the gym for an hour it's not worth it so I'm just not going to go oh my gosh that so resonates right? yes <laughs> yes so we like to call that all or nothing thinking and yes it's like how do we find that happy medium and and myself included because I have I don't know whether I I might have told you this I have a, a hip hip labral repair in my right hip Mm. Um, and my left hip I have a cam lesion and I was in a car accident and I have degenerative disc disease in my neck so I totally totally can relate to Mm -hmm. I can't move my body in the same way that I used to so I have to practice this myself and I love yoga but I will not go to a yoga class because I have to modify everything so I have I do a practice on my own in, in, in my house. I have yeah. my room set up, and, and I kind of do what I can. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of walk the talk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is, again, being empathetic and, and really learning to be compassionate and be kind. And some days, you know, are, are better than others. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what can, I, what can I still do? Because I love the benefits, just like you, yes. of yoga, like the just in the confidence right Mm -hmm. like that's one of the like I go to the gym and that's one of the few places that I feel like I'm in control here like I know what my body can do Mm -hmm. and it's very empowering exactly yes so how can you take that and and kind of maybe shift it to like you said the the pool perhaps yeah giving yourself permission too that like something is better than nothing absolutely yeah, whether yep. it's like getting out of the house and walking just one block, you know, go around the block for a little bit, get some fresh right. air. And I started just doing that even at work just to get out of my office and like clear the mind a little bit. I think that yeah. helps a lot with like the stress relief that can propel into, you know, going to the candy dish or eating yep. more chocolate than necessary, especially around 3 p.m. That <laughs> <laughs> so, afternoon slump. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how, do yeah. you, how do you approach food as medicine? So my approach, so it's, 
I wouldn't say there's one approach to it. The the concept is, and there's there's studies to back this up. Okay. Um, you know, the DASH diet is a perfect example of this. Dr. Dina Ornish, DASH diet. Um, it, it basically, it's a low-fat diet, um, minimal... Uh, minimal meat if any meat actually so it's you know it's primarily a whole food plant-based diet and what this diet has shown and it's very it's it's very low fat um but the diet has shown it can can help with blood pressure it has reversed some coronary diseases and he's actually done some research using this dietary approach with prostate cancer with some pretty phenomenal results and he's not the only one. I mean, there's this whole field of lifestyle medicine. So it is really looking at which foods can be helpful in preventing and or reversing most chronic disease processes. Okay. Yes. So that's, that's quite incredible, actually, yeah, if you think about it. It's yeah. amazing. And there there are even some studies that show that certain foods, and not that one food can prevent a disease, but certain foods have compounds in them that show to actually, like, fight cancer. So, like, berries, for one. Um, So there's lots of good reasons to be eating pretty much like a whole foods, plant-based diet, so I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Pollan. He's written quite a few books. I'm not, I don't think so. No, not Michael Pollan. I did just order, and I wanted to ask you about this. I did just yesterday order on Amazon, just taking notes over here, the um, Lifestyle Medicine Handbook. Oh, okay. And I think it was written in conjunction with a bunch of different doctors, but in particular Dr. Beth, is it Freites? Freites. Freites, yes. yes. And she, do you, were you part of the institute that she so, started? So she, so the culinary chef coaching, so we're, we work with the Institute of Lifestyle Medicine, which is part of Spalding Hospital. Okay. So Beth does present at that lifestyle conference, oh, okay. as does Eddie Phillips, and yes. they're very involved. So yes, Beth is amazing. Yeah, I don't know if you follow her on Twitter. I'm about to, I literally <laughs> just got, like virtually introduced of her um, recently and so I went online and like bought her books and just started following her and then you know in preparation for our conversation today too and yeah, yeah just yes. learning more about this this whole genre of lifestyle medicine which is not new it's I think maybe more just now coming into light as a complement to traditional care yeah so absolutely lifestyle medicine is more about all of the things that impact our health. So whether that's food or exercise or stress reduction, mindfulness, like all of all of those pieces because it's just not one thing. But again, it's I would say the research the studies show that most doctors, they don't get any nutrition training in medical school. So you'd be hard-pressed to find a doctor who would feel comfortable or even know enough to make any suggestions about it's, nutrition it's and foods. It's absolutely shocking. It's shocking. Because we've had this conversation with many survivors, mm-hmm. and we've asked what their oncologist had to say about diet, about alcohol consumption, particularly wine. And um, they 
response invariably was to moderate your diet mm-hmm. and moderate your alcohol consumption, which is, that's not advice. No, it's very vague. It's terribly vague. Yes. And you're, you're looking from the, at the perspective of a breast cancer survivor who's already in a world of hurt mentally, and you're not really assisting, and I think that they need to do a better job with that. They do need to do a better job, and I can tell you I have spoken to many of the participants in the BUL lifestyle study, and, you know, they're dumbfounded. They ask me, you know, I don't understand why didn't anybody tell me that that nutrition plays a role. Why why was I told eat whatever you want? Yes. Right? Eat doesn't matter. Well it does. Yes, it does. It does. And and so it's it is eye opening for many, many women that food makes a difference. And it's not carte blanche. And it, it's mm-hmm. interesting because on the car ride here I was listening to NPR. And they were interviewing, I forget the person's name, but it was all about uh, food and culture. Mm. And he was talking about in France. So, so for, for breast cancer, whether it's prevention or preventing recurrences, the common kind of, um, the research is showing that it's low fat. Low fat is very helpful. However, if you're in France, the French, who are much leaner than we are, they're much healthier than we are, they, they do eat much more saturated fats than we do. Now, saturated fats are those fats that are most unhealthy. Those are the ones that you find in the red meat, okay. processed foods, things like that. And there's a lot of links between saturated fat and heart disease and all, all sorts of chronic diseases. But in France... The, the whole idea of, of food is much different because in France, they're not sitting down and saying how much sugar is in this, how many carbohydrates are, are in this, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's in the food I'm eating. They're not thinking about how it affects the bloodstream per se, but they're thinking about the actual um, concept of eating food and enjoying the company. Right. And so one of the things that they find is portion sizes are much smaller. Mm-hmm. So the, the point is, even if you're eating these foods that may or may not be so quote unquote healthy, mm-hmm. portion size, like that's just one yeah. little thing. Yes. That could potentially make a difference. The whole idea of mindful eating can make a difference so you know instead of trying to focus so much on like what what am I eating there's also the how and the why like you said three o'clock I'm just like uh, give me the chocolate yes well why is that Laura (laughs) (laughs) exactly I recently made a shift um to carrots and celery because instead of the potato chips because I wanted that crunchy like you know motion of putting my hand in some sort of bag so Mm -hmm. you know my little ziploc pouch of you know whatever i can pick up but you know just having that like all fixation of you know crunching and biting something and this repetition of like 
putting your hand in the, the chip bag, but now yes. I'm like, okay, at least it's carrots now. And yes. It's kind of going back to what we started off talking about was that behavior or trigger or why do we feel like we have to do X, Y, and Z because we've done it you know, for years repeatedly. Absolutely. It's hab- habitual, and yes. it reminds me of the smoking. So that mm-hmm. was one of the things. People And I'm, I was a former smoker, and one of the things was like this hand-to-mouth. Yes. So mm-hmm. what could you put in, in the place of that? So we used to give them like the twit coffee stirrers oh, to like yeah. just kind of chew on. Yeah, you're not going to eat it. That's you're not going to eat it. <laughs> that oral fixation yes. is satisfied by food, but it's also satisfied by things that you're not going to consume. That's correct. Right. Putting a pacifier in your mouth. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Like, is there some? Is there a healthier alternative to this? Carrots are a great healthier alternative. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that consciousness, though, of realizing why I was doing it. Well, yes, this is a big thing. And good for you for, for realizing that connection. Because that's where a lot of the work happens. Because most people, when I ask them, why, why did you eat that certain food? What was it about the chocolate cake? Mm-hmm. Were you hungry? They're like, well, I wasn't really hungry. Well, then why did you eat it? And, and it gives people pause. Yes. Like, really to think about why am I doing this? Mm. Where is it coming from? And often, I can tell you, often a lot of this com- comes back to childhood. Really? Yes. If you think about, um, and I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, it was like, you need to finish the food on your plate because there are starving children in China. <laughs> Not wasting food. We pick the fork up and we put the food in our mouth and then we stab the next piece of food and we're hovering. The fork is just hovering, waiting to like go into our mouth. Yes. That's very typical. So I tell people the simplest thing that you can do put the fork down. Chew your food. Be mindful uh, and pay attention to the food that is in your mouth before you actually put the fork back up to your mouth. Okay. Because it does take, it takes 20 minutes for that message to get from your stomach to your brain to tell yourself to register like I am full. Okay, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is why, you know, most people during the holidays, you know, typically Thanksgiving, people are like, oh, I'm stuffed. And that's usually because, you know, people are so caught up in just eating and piling yes. the food on the plate and not being mindful of, oh, my gosh, you know what? I'm actually full. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So that's that's one key to mindful eating. But it's also like setting up the environment. So no distractions, which mm-hmm. means you're not the TV's not on. The radio's not on. You're actually sitting at the kitchen table. Right? Right. I know a lot of people that will sit in front of the TV on the couch and eat their food. So the environment that you're eating in also makes a difference. Yes. Yeah. No, I believe that. I um, have tried getting slowly in the habit. It doesn't happen all the time. But literally, like, turning off the lights in my kitchen after dinner is over. So it's almost like the kitchen is now closed. Yes. Like, don't go back into the kitchen in terms of, like, you know, the, the snack before bedtime or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, okay, we had a great meal. It was healthy. We're definitely trying to cook a lot more at home, again, mainly because of the salt situation. Yeah. And, you know, it's 
it's helping. It's actually interesting because I would joke with William, like, I want to go out on a date. I want to go out to a restaurant. And then we start going through our minds of, like, what are we hungry for? Where should we go? And then we come to the conclusion, well, we have food in the refrigerator. We, we might as well just cook. Just easier. <laughs> because by the time you go through everything, you're like, well, that's not really healthy. We've done so well this week. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, too, I fall um, – I'm not sure if our listeners can relate to this too, but like you get through Monday through Friday, you kind of hit the checklist. I made it to the gym three times this week. I, you know, didn't have, you know, as many like drinking like out with friends or anything. Like I've achieved my goals, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to the weekend, you're like, I deserve that chocolate cake. I deserve that big meal or, you know, a libation of some sort. And I think that's, that goes back to like the, the lifestyle habits and the mm-hmm. long-term success, right? Yes. Someone told me, it's fine if you go on vacation and you indulge, but you can't have 52 vacations in a year. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, yes. oh my God, look at me. I like fall into that every weekend. Yep. I'm like, okay, let's party. Like, let's enjoy ourselves. It's yeah. the weekend. We made it through the week. And I was like, oh my God, I'm totally self-sabotaging <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. There's that realization that, you know. It is that realization and you're not alone in that. Uh, you know, I hear it a lot. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm good, and I really don't like when people define good or bad because again, that's that judgment, that judgment coming in. Sure. But it's I've been good all week, so let me let loose, let me kind of enjoy. This isn't punishment. Like if yeah. you if you're feeling like during the week you're not enjoying yourself and you're you're depriving yourself, we need to f- kind of focus on that because there's. Sh- it, it it should be like this is my lifestyle and it's there's no weekend that that I'm allowing myself to kind of throw caution to the wind because yes you're right it's like I've, I've just sabotaged all those good intentions that mm-hmm. I've had for myself right so what do mm-hmm. I need to do again to kind of make this important enough that I want to sustain this whether it's a weekend whether it's a vacation um, and yeah, we always use that that kind of mindset too. Like, yeah, you want to let go a little bit, but w- where's that slippery slope? I guess exactly right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to mention too, and and again, this is something that I bring up a lot because there is, you know, it's it, the reality is that some of the medications and some of the treatment you know it causes weight gain you know this is we can't sugarcoat it this is this is reality however i always like to encourage people and think about like but you're you're still working on making changes Mm. and maybe the scale's not moving in the way that you wanted to or maybe you're um you know you're not able to do that 5k quite yet but if you weren't making these changes, just imagine just how much more difficult it would be. So give yourself credit, and and yes, maybe it's not where you want to be, but whatever you're doing, you're doing something positive for yourself. So to kind of shift the perspective a little bit, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because it's all important. Yes. Yeah. You're in it for the long run, right? You are in it for the long run, absolutely. So we're in Boston, right? Mm -hmm. And so Boston has a lot of hospitals. And a lot of people are very invested in a Western medicine approach to 
what what is considered health care. I, I consider it sick care. It's not about being healthy. It's about how do we put the Band-Aid on. So, so the needle is going to move very slow okay. in, in this particular region of the world. But I think I, I know that now, like, there's a push for getting more nutrition into the curriculum of doctors in medical schools, getting more of the lifestyle medicine fellowships mm -hmm. so that this is, you know, starting from education and bringing it out into the community. Cleveland Clinic, um, I think they do a lot in lifestyle medicine. So I, I think it's slow. I think a lot of it is mindset. And unfortunately, without getting into the, the politics of it, yeah. there's a lot of money to be made in pharmaceuticals. Of course. So, course. you know, I, I do think that plays a role. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to fund research on broccoli unless there's a way that I can make a pill out of broccoli where I can get some money. So that, I, I do believe, and I might sound a little cynical, but I do think that is part of it. Mm -hmm. um, well, if, you, if you consider, just in breast cancer alone, 10% of breast cancer patients owe their diagnosis to genetic predisposition. 90% owe it to something else. And that something else is typically environmental. Absolutely. So if you consider the garbage that we put in our hair, the garbage that we're consuming, the garbage that we're breathing, the garbage that we're washing with, the garbage, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, it would lead one to be less than optimistic. But your response, I think, is dead on with regards to education. And uh, not necessarily to completely get away from Western medicine, but to recognize the, the significance and the importance of lifestyle and um, food consumption, alcohol consumption, mm -hmm. not to say no to anything, but to treat your body um, as extremely well as you can and to yes. be ingesting and, and digesting uh, as much proper food and nutrition mm -hmm. that you possibly can. And I was gonna ask you to speak to uh, organic food mm -hmm. for a second. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, thoughts on whether breast cancer survivors should be eating organic. That's a question that I get. I I do believe that organic food, yes, is important, especially with the Environmental Working Group. Are you familiar with yes. EWG? Yes. yes. So again, th their research. So there are a lot of foods, that it was the Dirty Dozen, now I, I think it's moved on to 15. So one of the issues is, and it's in the news, that Roundup is, mm -hmm. is responsible for cancer diagnoses. Mm -hmm. So deny, deny, deny all you want, but I do believe that if people, in a, obviously organic is more money, so I would say if, if people are thinking about going organic, use the environmental working groups like Clean 15, Dirty Dozen, and if you're gonna eat strawberries, I would say eat organic. Yes. You know, there are certain foods that just suck up those pesticides, especially if there's no rind, like oranges, we don't really have to worry about it, bananas. So, 
I eat organic. I, I encourage people if again with if within their budget, you know, whatever they can do. It is very expensive. It can we, be, yeah. Or grow your own food. Grow your own right, food. Right. <laughs> right. Just don't use those pesticides and herbicides that are leading that we have no clue as to how No, well this is around. the issue. Yes, we we don't. And unfortunately when you know, the farming the way that it's set up, when crops are sprayed it, it kind of travels in the wind. Exactly. And it gets into the soil, it yes. gets into the water, it gets into the, the birds and the bees right. and the rest. Joni Mitchell said it. She said, I'll take this leave the spots on my apple, but leave me the birds and the bees. Right. So ultimately if you if you consider all of the damage that we've done and chemicals have served a, a fairly useful purpose as well. But they've also introduced an awful lot of carcinogens into mm-hmm. our lifestyles and uh, into our into our health and well-being. Yeah. Yeah. There's this app I recently downloaded. I don't know if it was recommended from the Environmental Working Group or where. It's called um, Think Dirty. And mm-hmm. you can literally scan barcodes now, like if you're at the grocery store or buying, buying like shampoo or different products. Oh, yeah. And it'll rate between like 0 and 10, yeah. the level of toxicity of the product. and. It's interesting, and I think we've it's definitely eye-opening. <laughs> yes, completely. But we've definitely made yeah. some changes. Yes, um, and it's all degrees. So you know, mm-hmm. not everybody's ready to like throw out their makeup, or maybe not everybody's ready to like go totally organic or totally right. um, plant-based. So again, it's like start where you are, take mm-hmm. a one little step, and uh, you know, you just never know where that might lead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think despite how expensive organic is, I think by going plant-based and not spending money on the meats, mm-hmm. you're able to save money in that direction too. Yes. So, you know, while we can still spend a lot of money going grocery shopping, we're buying different products with the same price tag. Right, and you know, another thing that I think is important, and it's unfortunate because most of the work that I do is prevention, Okay. right? Mm-hmm. So it's how do I prevent somebody from getting high blood pressure or getting chronic disease? That's not sexy, though. I can't, nobody is calling me saying, I'm worried I might die. Right, <laughs> That's right. not, people are not concerned about that. So it's, it's really figuring out, um, you know, what, what is it that's important to you? Mm. Because that's, that's not the thing. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's, um, I was reading an interesting statistic that as women were, aware of breast cancer, you know, one in eight women in their lifetime may be diagnosed with breast cancer. People are talking about self breast exams, you get your mammograms, etc. But the statistic I saw is that women are more likely to die of heart disease than they are of breast cancer. I'm not sure if like you've heard anything similar to that. I don't know where killer. Yeah, killer for women. For women. For women. Yes. So to this point like we're all like, okay, especially even in our own organization, surviving it's all about the focus is on breast cancer, mm-hmm. rightly so. But then what about all these other things that can be, you know, impacting our health that right. we're not talking about because maybe it's not as sexy or. Yeah. I have to lose weight because I have an event coming up or I don't feel so good about myself or, mm. you know, my doctor, my blood pressure is through the roof and my doctor says I have to lower it. So right. it's kind of. The, the goal is to help you <laughs> kind of be in this place where you don't ever have that 
big thing come down on you where it's like you're it's the fear that's running the show yes mm-hmm. because that's when we're not thinking straight and we're like kind of willing to do anything and mm-hmm. that's what I want to avoid because I've seen right. that a lot in the hospital like just you know just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it I don't I don't you know with diabetes for example like I don't want my leg amputated so just like tell me what is it I need to do and often at that point it may be too late mm. so so I think that it really is about empowering people to just live a healthy lifestyle just to feel good just to feel better and one of the things that i find is a lot of people because they're so accustomed to eating the crap food or maybe being sedentary and they they say oh it's old age it's i'm getting older that's why my joints hurt or i'm getting old i'm you know menopausal and that's why i can't lose the weight and and once I start making shifts, then it's like, oh my God, I feel better. Like I, ne- I didn't realize how crappy I felt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how do we help share this message? I love that this is part of our podcast now too, because we can help share this out in various ways, whether it's through the blogs, the podcast, um, getting into like the school systems, I think yeah. is really important. And we were brainstorming too. We actually have a call coming up this week with all of our volunteers of how we can not just gear up for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but what are things that we can do in our local communities to raise this type of awareness? I think people get so overwhelmed. It's like, what? I can't eat anything. Everything's going to cause cancer. So what am I supposed to do? And that's when people get very frustrated and just say, screw it. I'm just eating the McDonald's and I don't care. Yes, totally. I'm looking back at my notes, like the all or nothing mentality. Right. It's like, where on the spectrum then do we fall? Yes. So. And, and that's where coaching comes in because it's so individualized. Mm. You've got to figure out what is going to work for you right now in the here and now. Yeah. And maybe this is the best option now. doesn't mean that, you know, a month from now you're not going to change your mind and you want to do something different. But let's start where you feel where it, you feel confident and you feel it's important enough to make that change. Yes. Right? Oh, that's so well said. It's important enough to make that change. I think that's yeah. that's empowering right there. Like, we're worth it. Our bodies are worth it. They right. have been, I mean, they're really miracles. Like, if you think about how Total. the body is able to heal. Total. And, yes. And yeah. that's such a good point because we have the capacity. Our bodies want to be in homeostasis. Our bodies strive to be healthy. Yeah. That's just like our, that's our God-given birthright. Right. right. Right? So, you know, no matter what we do, our bodies are always like, ah, I, I, this is not where I want to be. So, yeah. yes. And they let us know, right? It, well, this is it. And so it's listening. Like, am I paying attention? Am I paying attention to the fact that I feel crappy after I eat that certain food? Or, right, or I don't feel so good when I don't exercise. Like, our body is, you know, it's when kind of it, it reaches the breaking point is when that's the, like, the traditional, like, I had my wake-up call. Like, right. I had the massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. That was my wake-up call to, like, yeah. just pay more attention. And, again, that's, that's where I talked about, like, that's not where I want people to be. right. You know, right. I'd rather help them avoid that yeah. path. But yeah, I'm totally with you. This is this is not this is about educating and empowering people. Mm-hmm. And 
it's not about shaming, but it's really, and I always tell people, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you what I have, like what the research shows, maybe some anecdotal stories, and guess what? You get to do with it what you want because mm-hmm. it's now you have the knowledge. Right. So I always tell people it is a choice, not a cheat. Mm. If you're going to have whatever the food uh. is, you're making a conscious decision that, you know what, I'm going to eat this. It is my choice. Mm-hmm. No judgment, no shame. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And that's that. So health coaching is not licensed. Okay. So, so I guess one of the caveats is anybody can call themselves a health and wellness coach. I have seen people that are selling certain supplements call themselves health and wellness coaches. Mm. That makes my blood boil because often they're, they're well, first of all, selling a, a supplement. Um, but second of all, there's some empty promises that people make. And, and I get very angry about mm. that. So, so again, if somebody's looking for a health and wellness coach, I would personally look to see where what are their credentials. Okay. It's mm-hmm. not like this. It's kind of like the Wild West. It's kind of like, you know, personal training wasn't. You didn't have to be certified. You could go see somebody, and if you got hurt, oh well. Right. Um, so that that would be my first thing if somebody's looking for for health and wellness coach. See where they got their certification, mm-hmm. and um, do your due diligence, and really look into their credentials. Um, and secondly, yes, so pricing. I can tell you in the Boston area, there's an hourly, usually an hourly um, cost for health coaching. And it's typically $100 an hour. Okay. However, most coaches offer packages. Okay. So, and the, and the reason for that is because with behavior change, Again, the research shows it takes about 30 days, right? So it's not, again, it's not the quick fix. It's not, yeah, it's not like the seven-day detox. Um, It really is. And again, it's getting to what's between my ears, right? Mm -hmm. That takes some time. From our perspective, too, as like a nonprofit trying to mitigate some of the financial barriers to provide access for people to have this knowledge and support as they're going through some of the life mm-hmm. changes too, how we can help, you know, offset some of those costs. Yeah. So that's yeah. important to hear. And yeah. I love that. So I, I agree with the 30 days as like a habit, like lifestyle changing habit is using mm-hmm. the 30 day mark. And I feel like the first of every month, I'm like, okay, it's a new month. <laughs> I have 30 days and I'm going to try and do something. And by like day eight, it's out the oh, window, very yeah. similar to the new year's resolution. Right. Yep. Um, but just so our listeners know too, we're um, you know approaching the summer months here in Boston, and I literally told William on June first, like I'm waking up. Okay, it's the first of the month. Mm-hmm. We're gonna try this 30 day thing. But pretty much from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're oh, giving yes. ourselves this three months of good weather. We can be outside to exercise. You want to eat healthy because you have like the humidity and the heat and everything. <laughs> but you want the watermelons and the fruits and the vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so, really taking it upon ourselves, um, you know, William and I, to use these three months as making your jump shift. start. Exactly. Yep. So, um, we should have a 
a debrief in August and see how everything <laughs> went. <laughs> But again, just, you know, that's not to say that I'm not going to sit on the patio and have rosé once in a while because it's summertime in Boston. But uh-huh. at the same time, what is that moderation going to look like? And how can I be kind and gentle to ourselves, yes. myself? And um, yeah, I love all the yeah. words. Like, again, I'm sitting here taking notes. Yes, I see you scribbling. You know, compassion <laughs> and, you know, acceptance and kind of understanding where we are playing into, like, the mind, body, wellness component. Yeah, and this is very common, like kids in sports. Yes. That's a whole other topic. But, um, so, you know, kids have sports from sunup to sundown. And, and she's like, I really, like, I've got to drive my kid here, and then i got to pick up the other kid. And so I, I said, you know, we're doing some brainstorming. And I said, well, you know, would it be possible to ask somebody else Ooh. to do this for you? Like, are there, is there any other solution? For her, that was, no, that was a non-negotiable mm. because... She said, you know what, I was sick for so long and I wasn't able to do this. So oh. right now, no, this is my priority. Mm-hmm. She made it very clear, which, you know what, okay. Yeah. So good for you, but but it is, you know, where are my boundaries? Right. Right? Yeah. Where's my hard stop? And can I, you know, can I say no to the visitors because I'm really tired mm-hmm. and not feel guilty about it. So, yes, yeah, sometimes we need somebody else to be that person when right. we're, we're feeling like, oh, they're, just, they're not, they're not going to understand or I'm a terrible person or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those thought, those stories yeah. that we make up in our heads. Exactly. Right? Where most people would, would understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, she needs to rest and mm-hmm. recover. And, but yeah. meanwhile, we're, like, just... You know, onward and upward. <laughs> yes. No, and I think it's important, too, to also realize, like, you said a lot of great takeaways, like, what brings us joy, right? I think that's a very easy, like, yes or no. Like, does this action bring me joy or not? Yes. Should I do this or not? Right. I love the idea of, like, setting these boundaries and understanding what are the non-negotiables, mm-hmm. what are, and they're personal. So, Absolutely. like, what is non-negotiable for you may be very different than what it is for me, but then figuring out as we are trying to change some of these lifestyle behaviors and everything, what, if you're adding something on your plate, what then is being taken off of your plate? Yeah. Because I think it's very easy to, to kind of get to this level of stress and feeling like we need to do it all. And then, yeah, things spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can definitely be the reciprocant of some of these health issues that come yes. up. Yes, yes. So gets a little oh overwhelming. Oh my gosh, I feel like I can keep asking you questions and <laughs> picking your brain about all these like amazing topics. I'm like, okay, I know like our community, we talk about like inflammation and we oh, talk about yes. like all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, you know, it's speaking of inflammation, so 90, I think 90% of diseases are related to stress. I mean, stress causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. There's also certain foods um, yes. that cause inflammation as well. So, mm. again, ha- you know, dealing with st- stress in and of itself yeah. can help the body recover, mm-hmm. you know, and have lots of that, that heat in the body, yes. that inflammation. Are there um, blood tests or tests that people should ask their primary care or their various doctors about in terms of testing for stress levels or inflammation or anything like that? So the only test that I know of, um, there's a marker for arthritis because that is an 
inflammatory disease and I forget the name of it right now it's a lab mm -hmm. test yeah um, on the whole I'm really not sure yeah if there are I'm sure there are inflammatory markers um, when it comes to like heart disease and mm -hmm. things like that okay yeah yeah, but but for most, you know, often people will will know um, joint disease is another. You know, there's a lot of disease processes that are fibromyalgia. You know, okay. there's a lot of inflammation. Yes. Yeah, I know. I feel like. Blood I know. I'm, I can't wait to talk to my doctors and for our listeners out there. I will definitely give you guys an update <laughs> on what is going on <laughs> with me health wise. Um, I was even joking too. I have a mild stage of. Um, lymphedema also because I had like my full lymph nodes removed and so I'm getting this special massage mm. uh, lymphatic massages once a week yeah. which is wonderful I think everyone should get a lymphatic yeah. massage um but they're teaching me different like techniques and different ways to like wrap your arm before going to sleep and getting a compression sleeve and I joke with our breast cancer community a lot that I wish I could just get one of these sleeves for my whole body <laughs> just to like stay compressed because it's it's hard and I I know I bring it up a lot with everyone I talk to, but just the changes of your body are so challenging to accept. And I really appreciate this conversation of yeah. being in tune with what your body's going through, acknowledging it, and knowing that this isn't forever. You can yes. make changes. You are in control of these choices. And, you know, it might not happen overnight, but, you know, we didn't get diagnosed with cancer overnight either. Right. right? Yes. So Yes, that kind of being... Yeah. rational about it knowing like yeah, nothing happened overnight so yeah. like I can't expect that it's just gonna miraculously disappear mm -hmm. in a moment that'd be too easy right <laughs> yes and, and also looking for like what's the lesson in this like what am I learning about myself as I go through this mm. and you know what, what is it that I want or wish was different and why and again coming back to that acceptance of just realizing okay because you know what I find is that we create this tension when we when we can and again it's that mindfulness you know can I accept what is right now mm. the present moment and if I can't that's creating a whole other cascade of events whether it's stress whether it's I'm beating myself up because things should be a certain way and it's it is not easy. Right, right. <laughs> it's not easy, but I'm a I'm really a big fan of asking like what what did you learn? Mm -hmm. Like if somebody is like oh uh, you know just back to the food thing like if somebody's like well I was at a cookout and I had this and I had that and I said okay well what could you do differently next time like instead of like beating yourself up about it and oh I should have done this and oh I feel like crap and okay well let's pretend we have a machine a time machine let's go right. back into time what's one thing that you could have done differently not mm -hmm. should have but could have right right and whatever that person decides like okay maybe I'll have you know uh, a hamburger and not the hot dog mm -hmm. all right so next time you try that out just mm -hmm. try it out and see if it works mm -hmm. and if it does great then you know it worked and if it doesn't we'll just come up with another solution yeah. but it's instead of like sitting in it and like ah uh, like kind of that energy that brings yes. us down like oh I can do this differently 
-hmm. it's possible might not be easy but it is possible right exactly (laughs) right completely so do you practice mindfulness how does someone practice mindfulness i know we talked a little bit about it in terms of like eating and different techniques you can do with your fork and chewing and just being present not in front of the tv and having like your my case my structured time for the meal Mm -hmm. Um, but what is i hear this term a lot about you know practicing mindfulness what does that mean to you yes so for me it is really trying to be in the present moment Mm. really experiencing the here and now instead of like living in the past or living in the future Um, and a lot of people confuse kind of this idea of mindfulness or this idea of like paying attention as like oh i i shouldn't have any thoughts Mm. no that's not that's not the purpose that's not the purpose of meditation that's certainly not the purpose of being mindful it's being aware it's the opposite opposite. and i believe that research has shown that we this we have the same thoughts repeating in our heads over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so whatever is going through our heads is kind of where we're headed right thoughts create things so we create our reality with our thoughts so if i'm not aware of my thoughts good bad or indifferent i'm kind of just like free falling (laughs) right so it is um and i think you know there's many Thich Nhat Hanh i mean he he does a lot of uh, mindful walking, and this is kind of a Zen tradition, kind of walking meditation of a way to be mindful, just putting one foot in front of the other. The breath, mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest thing because we all have access. We breathe, but how are we breathing? I tend to be more of a shallow breather, so it's like I have to remind myself to practice that diaphragmatic, that deep belly breathing. Because again, that reduces stress. When we slow down our breath, when we slow down our heart rate, our body and our brains kind of coalesce. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can instill that relaxation response that Herbert Benson kind of coined just with breathing alone. Yeah. Right? So, yes. Um, but again, it's a practice. Right. It is a practice. Yeah, so exactly. just being, just having an awareness. Um, so again, back to the food, you know, when asking somebody, you know, the, the food just didn't magically get in your mouth. Right. Right? Like the chocolate cake didn't jump into your mouth. <laughs> 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 right? Nobody forced yeah. you to eat it. So like, what was going on? If you're telling me, oh, I shouldn't have had it. Oh, it was a bad decision. Like what? Like what was going on? Right. Where were you in your thoughts? Right. Right. It's all interconnected. It is. And yes. I love this idea of becoming more interconnected, aware, self-aware, environmentally aware, and yeah. making the choices that serve you. Yes, it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. I tell people, knowledge is power. You get to do what you want with it. But you have you have the knowledge. So mm-hmm. again, back to the choices, right? Yes. Oh. You, you make the choices, and if you do, if you're not happy with the choices that you're making, then yes, maybe a coach, or maybe a therapist, or maybe a friend mm-hmm. that can support you in trying to make the changes or or discovering like what's the block, yes, what's I mean, getting in the way. 
Did like you a, mention that you were like also spend all day? Yeah, like a certified <laughs> Reiki instructor. Yeah. Or? So yeah. So I am. That's a change topics completely. Yeah, 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 but like yeah. you were just like amazing yeah. with all of this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Background that you yeah. have. Yeah. So. so Reiki practitioner, there is certification. Um, yes, there are many different Reiki certifications. I've I've been doing Reiki since. I think the mid-90s. So I, I studied acupressure and shiatsu. And so part of that training was um, Reiki. And it was with um, John Harvey Gray, who is no longer with us, but he was one of the very first Reiki practitioners to be practicing in the West. Um, so it was pretty phenomenal that I got to study with him. So yeah, so I so I've been practicing Reiki for quite some time, and again with Reiki, there's there's no licensing um, or anything like that. But Reiki is and it's being used in the hospitals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it has uh, again anecdotal because there's nobody's paying for funding. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's going to fund Reiki? But anecdotally, uh, uh, particularly women with with cancer, breast cancer. I mean, Dana-Farber has it, Brigham and Women's. I think probably most of the major Boston hospitals have uh, integrative medicine and they have Reiki volunteers. So yes, very powerful. And and Reiki is, is hands-on energy work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can even be hands-off, like the hands don't have to be touching the body. But it helps with that relaxation response that I was speaking of. It okay. helps the body kind of reset and naturally be in that relaxation instead of the fight or flight Mm -hmm. or in the rest and digest phase and that rest and digest phase is what helps the body heal itself so Mm -hmm. that is why um i believe it's it's really important and reiki is one of those things that people can learn it there's different levels of reiki there's Reiki level one, where you can treat family and friends. Level two, where if you wanted to like put a shingle up. And then Reiki level three, which is where if you wanted to teach people. Oh, okay. So, you know, it is, I would say, a very simple thing that people can do. Again, I'm all about empowering people. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't, I like the idea of you, if you, you want to come and pay me, I'm all for that. But in the long run, like you, you are able to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. Like I will help you, but please don't rely on me. Or don't think like you need somebody else. Yeah. You know, you can do these things. You're capable. We all have that ability. Some people are like, oh, I don't. I'm like, I don't know energy. Like I know everybody. And again, it's like your God-given birthright. Yes. Right? You yep. ha- yes. So it's just tapping into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yes. No, you're <laughs> welcome. So you have a website, right, for your coaching? I have a website, yes. Yes. How can people find you and get more information about all these great nuggets of information you've been sharing? Well, they can find me. It's um, coach four, and it's the number four, healthyliving.com. Yeah. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all of the social media oh, outlets. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I can link to that in our like description too so people can follow you and 
That would be you know, fabulous. Janine, thank you so much for all of the information you provided today. As you noticed, I was taking notes like crazy. This was so informative, and I really appreciate you taking the time to explain everything about coaching, lifestyle medicine, diet, nutrition, culinary medicine, and giving our community such great advice. So thank you for joining the conversation. Until next time, keep on thriving. Hey guys, just a quick shout out for people who are making their summer plans this 2019. We are going to be heading over to Duluth, Minnesota, June 21st for a Survivors, Thrivers, and Friends meet and greet. So check out the website, survivingbreastcancer.org for more information. Also, we're going to be heading out to the West Coast to Portland, Oregon, the weekend of August 9th and 10th and 11th. So again, we hope to meet up with our community this summer. Looking forward to it. All right, take care. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast are from personal experiences and are not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always contact your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. 